0: Good morning, everybody doing okay? Yes, good. All right. Um, on that note, and maybe this kind of ties into to your lack of response there, how how is the fast going? if you're doing that, everyone good. Been doing it for a week. Only five more to go. <laughs> and, uh, uh, if you're doing the fast for the first time though I just this, I seriously want to encourage you. it is it is probably the best spiritual thing you can do. Uh, for yourself. I've been doing this fast for, man, 16 years now, 17 years, something like that, and we've been doing it as a church ever since we've existed, so almost 14 years now we've been doing the fast. It is, uh, it's good. It's not easy, but it's good. Uh, Years ago, so a lot of people don't know this because I don't, you know, broadcast. I've been a vegetarian for, this is my third year, and um, I gave up coffee three years ago, and so I, I was telling someone the other day, they're like, what do you do for the fast? And I'm like, well, I've already given up most of the pleasures in life already, so... You have to get a little creative and um, give up other things. But uh, so, whenever I hear people being like, oh, I can't eat meat for 10 days, I'm like, uh, yeah, don't <laughs> tell, tell me about it, right? So, it's been a long time. But, um, anyways, all right, we're doing the vision service today. If you've never been here before, we do this a couple of times a year. And um, I'm gonna be very honest with you about a lot of stuff today. That's kind of the whole point of the vision service. If, um, if you're new here or maybe you're not new, uh, maybe you've been here for a while, a couple of things. These kinds of services are important because there's probably a lot of you in this room who are here because you have been to previous churches where there was a lack of transparency and clarity. And I'm not trying to condescend or talk bad about other churches, um, but, but with how the world views Christianity in the church right now, the church needs to be as clear and honest as humanly possible because of the scrutiny that, that we are under. We should be anyways. So a couple of times a year, I get up in front of you guys, and we're gonna go through all kinds of things, through our vision, through through how we do things here at the church, talk about all of our finances. We will show you where every single dollar goes. And and I just wanna be clear. Um, I want to honor you as as the church and show you um, what we're doing with your energy and your resources and... and hopefully encourage you and inspire you a little bit uh, to get into this process even deeper. God is doing some amazing things. And I think it's very encouraging to to hear these things and, and to, to, to see the numbers and to see what God is doing through you guys throughout the entire world. And we'll talk about that a little bit today. So if you're here and it's your first time, I'm glad you're here. We will start the Gospel of John next week and we'll be in that for a long time. It's a it's a wonderful book of the Bible. It's a beautiful book of the Bible and we're going to take our time with it. So uh chapter 1 alone is beautiful in John, but um anyways, so uh you should have got a notes handout when you walked in. Everything will be in there. Keep that. Keep that. Stick it in your Bible, stick it in your glove box, stick it somewhere and hold me accountable. If we are not, if we don't if we're not doing the things that I'm telling you that we're going to be working towards, hold our feet to the fire on that. This is one of the reasons why we do this service for honesty, for accountability, the whole nine yards, clarity. Um, everything will be on the screens. If you have the Experience Community app, click on Sermon Notes. Everything is right there for you to see everything that'll that'll be on the screens and it's in the handout. And um, I think that's pretty much it. Again, next week we'll be back in the Word of God. We'll be in the Gospel of John. That'll be good. And we'll start plowing through 2023, okay? So let me pray. We'll dive into this. I hope you leave uh, not only educated more on what we do, but encouraged and excited about what God's doing um, here, right? So let me pray, okay? Father God, we love you. God, thank you so much for everyone in this room right now. Uh, I'm very thankful for this church, Lord. I pray that you keep your hand on us. I pray that you lead us. I pray that you give us clarity, that you give us vision, God, that you... Show us where to go, and I pray, Lord, that we be obedient and follow you, God. So so, so, please keep your hand on our church, Lord. We pray not just for this church. We pray for every single church in our city. We pray, God, that they have vision and clarity and that they honor you in everything they do. We pray for our other campuses. We pray for the churches we work with up in the Northeast and the Northwest, and the churches all around the world that we work with, God, and people that we're serving. And we pray that ultimately, this is not about the experienced Community Church, but God, ultimately, it is about you. It is about what you're doing, God, that everything that we, we put our hands to, that it brings you honor and brings you glory. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we praise you, and we pray all these things in your son's name, God, in Jesus' name, amen. So some, something that uh, uh, Kyle kind of ended all his prayers with this weekend, one of the things he said is, he said, this, this is important, because without vision, the people perish. That's from the book of Proverbs. Solomon says where people don't have direction, they die. They don't don't know which way to go, which is a pretty logical thing to say. It's also a spiritual thing to say. So because the Bible says that we have to have vision, it would would behoove us as a church to have a vision statement, to have a, a direction, a path in which we are to go. And so you see this all over the place. It's written all over the walls, it's in our pamphlets, it's on our website, it's on our social media, it's everywhere, our vision statement. And it's very, very simple to lead people to Jesus through authentic worship, authentic community, authentic community service. So why is something like that important in the context of a church? It's important because Jesus had a vision statement. If you didn't know that, we call it the Great Commission. It's the end of the book of Matthew. Jesus has been crucified, resurrected. He comes back and reveals himself as the resurrected Christ to to all of his followers. And as he is ascending back into heaven, he looks at what's going to be the church, And he says, this is what I want you to do. Make disciples, more followers of him, baptize them and teach them everything that I taught you. This is the thesis of the church. This is what every Christian church in the world should be doing, making disciples, baptizing people, teaching them everything that Jesus taught the original disciples. Now, the way we do that, because discipleship, baptism and teaching is a big deal to God, it it is advantageous of us, it is important that we take this seriously. How do we do that? This is how this church does that. We're an extremely simple church, this is all we do. We do five things at this church. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna gonna very quickly walk you through what these five things are. Hopefully that will encourage you to get involved into this process, and then we'll move on to, to other things that we're doing in the church. Fortunately, you're in the first step right now. So if it's your first weekend here, Boom, you're in a worship service. This is kind of the the open door, the first step on our making better disciples or or, um, more devoted followers of Jesus. It's kind of the first step in that process. And in that, um, we get together and we worship the way the Bible has always told us to do this. It is really bad theology, and I'm sure you guys have heard people say this. Well, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe you have to go to church. Find me the scripture that supports that in the Bible. It does not exist. All throughout the Old Testament, the people of God gathered together together every single Saturday on the Sabbath, and they worshiped together. In the New Testament, they shifted that over to Sunday because of the resurrection. It doesn't really matter what day it is. Jesus makes that clear in the Gospel of Matthew. But we've switched it over in Christianity to Sundays, and all throughout the New Testament, from the birth of the church in Acts all the way through Revelation, which hasn't happened yet, the Bible says that we are to corporately worship together. The book of Hebrews is probably the most clear. It says, do this more and more until Christ's return. So this is important and it's biblical. It's important because it brings us closer. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. I was talking at the nine o'clock service. It's been, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. We, we've, we have a lot of people in this church and sometimes you have to sit close by each other and like, you should probably just get used to that. You're gonna spend eternity with these people. So say hi to them, ask them to lunch or something. It's, it's okay, uh, we're, we're one big family. And when you come into this place, sometimes we're not always in the best mood. And it's important to be around each other because it lifts us up. I'll be honest, man, I came in last night at the five and I was in a funky mood. I was like Sourpuss Cory over here in the corner and I walked in and I'm like, no, I just don't wanna be here. And then the worship gets gone and people are happy and they're lifting their hands and you kind of get into it and you're like, okay, all right, you know, like God is too good for me to be such a sourpuss over here. And it kind of brings you out of it. And it's important. It reassures us. It helps us focus on what we're supposed to be focusing on, that is, God. Now, at this particular church, crazy, put your seatbelts on, we are really dedicated to this book. We teach the Bible. And I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because there's so many churches in the United States that don't do anything. What they will do is they might pick one little verse out of this and kind of twist it and turn it to make it, you know, say something that it's not saying. But we are committed to expositorily teaching this book, What that fancy word expository means is word for word, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, until we work through a book of the Bible. That's all we've ever done here. It's all we ever will do. And the reason why that is so important is it prohibits us from skipping the hard conversations. If you don't know what I'm talking about, chapters like 1 Corinthians chapter six. When we're going through 1 Corinthians and and you have to get up in front of thousands and thousands of people and read who is not going to inherit the kingdom of God, that's a tough thing. But listen, everything is in this word. The Bible says that every word of this is, is pertinent to our lives and, and there for a reason. Therefore, we are to cover it. We're not to exclude certain things just because they're uncomfortable. We have to get, those, get to those topics. It also keeps the Bible in the proper context. Basically, teaching the Bible in church, a novel idea, helps comprehension. It helps create a love of the word of God. It, it just grows us as followers of Jesus exponentially. It grows us a lot faster than if we are not teaching in this manner. In our weekend services, and you'll see at the end of this service, we do this at all of our services, everyone has an opportunity to respond. If you're in here and you are not a Christian, but you're, you're just on a journey, you have questions, you're, you're seeking, we always have a pastor at the front for you to talk to and ask questions with, We have people at the front to pray for you if you need prayer, and then we offer communion at the end of every single service, the body and blood of Jesus Christ that we can only take if you are a believer and if you have uh, uh, repented for your sins, but everyone in the room has an opportunity to respond at the worship services. From this, we hope to eventually get you to a next class, which isn't really a class in the traditional sense. What you do is you come, we give you a tour around the building. We break off in like groups of 10 or 15 and different people who work at the church, will, we'll bring you all around the building, tell you all the different things we do. You come back in here, you get to hear my life story, which maybe, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. You get to learn a little bit about me. We talk about how we started the church. You get to ask any questions you wanna ask. We got coffee and pizza and water and it's super comfortable and laid back. And it's just kind of like your way to, to, to see if this is where you wanna land, if this is where you wanna be and ask any questions. You might have. Selfishly, I like next class because I get to hug people, say hi to people, I get to meet a lot of people. So if you haven't been to one, do it the second Sunday or a second Monday of every single month. We just had one. We're having one, I think February 13th, if I'm not wrong. And then from next class, we hope to get you in development, that there's uh, several different classes that we have that are kind of big group, and then they break off into small groups, and they just help with your theology basically your understanding of God and the Word of God. The first one is a class called Following Jesus. It is absolutely fantastic, and and we've put thousands of people through this, and I think the first set is already full, but we do it multiple times throughout the year. This covers what is prayer, what is the Bible, what is communion, what is the Trinity, the Holy Trinity of God, what does it mean to be a disciple, what does that word actually mean, and it's kind of the fundamentals of Christianity. And even if you've been a Christian for 30 years, though, I promise you, if you go through this, you will learn a lot of good stuff and you will meet a lot of great people and you will naturally get into what is going to be the next step. We have another one called Authentic Discipleship if you just want to keep going a little bit deeper. It's taking all that theology and basically putting it into practice. So you're not just a disciple. You go out and you're a disciple that makes disciples. And that's what we are actually called to do. It's a little bit longer. It's 12 weeks, also a great class. There's a thing on the app. This isn't a phone, but just pretend. There's a thing on your app uh, called Discovery Bible Study on the Experience Community app. It's just a fun tool. It's basically a a small group, um, kind of a pre-structured small group that at any time you can pull that up on your phone. It works you through scripture, has questions you can ask people. It's just a really neat tool. That's available to you. We do a class called Experience Finance. It's free. Helps you build a budget. Helps you pay off debt. Helps you handle money in in more of a biblical manner. Does all these things. It's free. We do that several times a year. We have a great uh, premarital class called Preparing for Marriage. A wonderful couple, Tim and Donna Ritchie, that lead that. They've been married, no joke, like 46 years or something. And you go back there and they walk with you for eight weeks and they just kind of prepare you for, uh, for marriage. Preparing for marriage. Look at that. That all works. So if you want to sign up for that, you can do that. And again, if you go through that development stage, you will almost naturally end up in the next stage, which is having community. This is extremely important, life groups. We have hundreds of life groups. This is important because we are made in the image of God, you and I, and God is communal. What do I mean by that? God is a Father, Son, and Spirit. It's one God, three persons. There is perfect community within God. We are made in the image of God, which means we are communal beings. This whole Lone Ranger mentality is not Christian. That we are to do this with other people, why? Because that fosters accountability. That if you're not at church for two months or your life is falling apart or you're living in sin, if you have a small group, they're going to notice that and they're going to hold you accountable because they love you. That if you end up in the hospital, that, that someone's gonna know and, and someone will visit you and you'll have that support you need. We build our life groups intergenerationally, which means we put old people with young people and married people with single people. And people go, well, why do you do that? Because if you're only around people just like you, it's hard to learn anything. But if you place a younger person with an older person, wisdom, if you place that younger person with an w- older person, maybe you know a little bit of like, Hip stuff, they still remain relevant and say cool things, right? So it's mutually beneficial. It's really sad when you start going on the other side of that, right? When you have to start hiring young people and they say things and you're like, what does that mean? And then you realize, oh crap, I am now the old guy, right? (sighs) One of the things that, that, that sometimes happens at this church is sometimes someone, this is very rare, but someone will send an email and they'll say, I was in the hospital two days and no one came and saw me. And our first response will be, what life group are you in? Where are you serving? Well, I'm not in a life group, I don't serve. And then we're not trying to be rude, but we say, how were we to know that you would be in the hospital? You are not engaged in community. But if you are engaged in community, you're gonna have that support. You're gonna have those people around you. So we, we don't just build groups that are that are just for fun. You're going to have fun in your group, but we don't have like, uh, you know, Friday night Stranger Things groups where we all get together and just like watch Stranger Things and eat popcorn. There's nothing wrong with either one of those things, but that's not a life group. With our life groups, we go through books of the Bible. We we intentionally reach out to, if it's in homes, we want people to reach out to their neighbors because maybe your neighbor doesn't feel comfortable in a big church, but they will feel comfortable in your home, and once they get to know some people, then they will maybe feel comfortable coming to church. We want groups to be multiplying, which means they're growing and then they're splitting off so they're not too big, and of course, discipling each other. So if you wanna get in a group or if you wanna lead a group, send us an email, lifegroups@experiencecc.com. We'll get you plugged in. And then the very last thing of that five-part thing is serving. We want people to get into serving. Why? Because Jesus said that he came to serve, not to be served, and we want to be Christ-like. So there's lots of things that we do outside of the church. There are different ministries that our church does, but we do it outside of these walls, like 5,000, we've been doing that for almost 14 years now, homeless ministry, where we, where we feed the homeless. We do that at Journey Home, we do it on Saturday and on Sunday during, uh, I think, the five o'clock service and the nine o'clock service, we do that over there. Um, we, we work with homeless women and children, Stepping Stones, a great organization, They stay the night here a couple of weekends a month and we work with that organization. We do a great ministry called Embrace Grace that works with women who either have unintended pregnancies or they have had abortions in the past and they struggle with shame or guilt over those things. We minister to them. Uh, Maybe one of the funnest things we do here is we do a ministry called Bar Ministry where if you ever drive around the square on a Friday at about midnight One o'clock in the morning, you may see someone from your church dressed up like a giant hot dog and have a big stand that says free hot dogs. And we have a bunch of people out there from our church. We've been doing this for almost 14 years. And when people pour out of the bars, we give them free hot dogs and water and coffee. And we try to sober them up before they get in their 4,000-pound vehicle and drive inebriated across town. And people go, well, how in the world does that work with the church? Well, if you've hung out with drunk people long enough, God eventually comes up. So... (laughs) And if you laughed at that, you just incriminated yourself, so, uh... (laughs) At the 7 o'clock, everyone just roared, and I'm like, ooh, we gotta do some work on these people. No, but... (laughs) When we give them a free hot dog and they go, why are you doing this? We're like, man, we love you. We just don't want you to drive home drunk. We want you to be safe, you know, so hang out, talk for a little bit, get sobered up. And, you know, and if you're not, we'll call you an Uber or a Lyft or something. But we just talk with them a little bit. And then eventually, again, the conversation of God always arises because people aren't nice to each other. And then when they are, people are like, why are you doing this? Because God loves you. We love you. Uh, We do a ministry called Reclaimed. There is a prison about a mile down the road, 940. We do Bible studies with men and women. If you wanna get involved with that, we'd love to have you. We partner with dozens of nonprofits. They don't only need our money, they need our energy and and our time. So if you ever wanna donate some of your time to some of those nonprofits, we'd love to connect you. Of course, we have lots of things that we need volunteering and and serving with inside the church too. Uh, You know, if you come on Sunday, parking here is like parking at Disney World. Uh, it's just kind of all you know we're in parking lot Z over there, and we have this shuttle that rolls around and gets you we We need help with parking team, we need help with shuttling, need help with hospitality, which is where I'd be if I wasn't preaching that's my favorite spot um, need help with echo that's our kids last weekend we had almost fourteen hundred children at this campus that is a lot of kids you guys you guys are very familiar with procreation you're doing you're doing great at that uh, we need it's biblical, it's okay, we can say that in church. God told us to do it. It's, it's, <laughs> we need help in the nursery. Why, Corey? We need help with Emerge. That is our special needs ministry. We do, we do a ministry uh, with about 70 families who have kids with special needs. Then we also do that with adults. If you wanna get involved with adults with special needs, EON, that's our middle school. Uh, production, we have medical teams at all four campuses. We have security teams and EVAC teams at all Four campuses if you want to get involved with that. And there's a ton of other ways. We will always take your help. We, we, we always need it. There's always a place to get involved somewhere in the church. So that's our five steps. Beyond that, we want to advance the gospel, right? And of course, the five steps does that within the church, but we want to advance the gospel outside of the church as well, of course. So we do missions. And this, this happens on three levels. One is local. That is in our state, So Tennessee, right, that's our first priority, and it started here in Middle Tennessee, the Geographical Center, Murfreesboro, and we're trying to go out and we're trying to reach our state. So we have a church here, obviously, you're here. We have one in Woodbury, Tennessee, we have one in Shelbyville, we have one in Tullahoma, and our goal is is to continue planting churches. Now listen, if you haven't been to one of our our other campuses, I'm not on a screen out there. We have real humans that write their own lessons. We track together, but they are are churches that, even though they're experienced community churches, they're they're autonomous to a certain extent, right? Real humans doing real ministry out there. And that takes a lot more time and energy and money to do that than just renting a space and throwing me on a movie theater screen. But we wanna do it the correct way, okay? So that's our goal, is to plant more churches that teach the Bible and serve their communities the way this one does. Uh, we just planted this one in Tullahoma in November, and they're all already running 450 people. Now, now le- le- let, me, let me tell you why. And, and I'm not trying, this is gonna sound really mean, because churches, A, churches don't wanna plant in areas that are more rural. The other thing is, is no one's teaching the Bible anymore. And when you just crack open the Bible and teach it, it's crazy, people flock to it. it because people want meat. They want something of substance. Funny coming from a vegetarian, right? People want... <laughs> Something of substance. And so when we go out to these areas, same thing with our church in Cannon County. There's only 2,100 people in Woodbury. Our church runs 600 plus out there. But But the reason why is people are hungry. And most of those rural areas, they don't think anyone cares about them. So hopefully we'll get out to McMinnville one day and we'll start moving further and further out and doing more of these rural areas. Now, to do that, because we're not a denomination, I can't just call these, you know, these, these universities and stuff and, and have them send me pastors. We have to raise them up from within our congregations. Amen. So we have a ministers and training program where we have residential interns, basically, and their goal is to, to be trained up and sent out and plant churches. We also have a group of, of, of employees called the Network. That sounds fancy. All it means is they work for the Network of Churches. So like the video you saw, they make that for every campus, not just this campus. And the reason why we do that is it's more economical. We don't have to hire a videographer for every campus. We hire a couple of videographers for the network and they work for all the campuses. So we can plant more churches and it theoretically doesn't cost us that much more to do that. We're also doing things across the United States. We work with several churches up in the Northeast and a couple of churches out in the Northwest. If you've never been to either one of those parts of the United States, Christianity is about 2% about how many people claim to be Christians in those areas. So we work with a church in the Delmarva area. That's where Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia meet, Delmarva. And they're in the Delaware side of it. We work with a church in that area. Uh, We work with three churches in New York, Albany, Brooklyn, and Staten Island. I was just up there visiting with them. We started working with a church in San Francisco, one of the most unchurched areas in the United States, Redemption Church. Um, Just started working with a campus church, it's a group of college students at the University of Oregon in Eugene. And they do ministry there and we're supporting them. And then we just picked up a church in Beverly, Massachusetts, which is right above uh, Salem Mass. And um, got to meet a great pastor out there and we're starting to support that church as well. So that's what we're doing in the United States. And then of course, all throughout the world, we've been doing work in El Salvador for about 13 years. We do a huge ministry in Uganda. The same Following Jesus course that you take here, has been translated into Luganda, that's the language in Uganda. And we have hundreds of of pastors and churches going through that Following Jesus course, just like you're going through that Following Jesus course, learning good theology. We work with hundreds of street kids, getting them jobs, getting them off the street, all kinds of great stuff. We have two uh, missionaries from this church that work in Southeast Asia. Uh, They go to different nations on the borders and they set up radio towers and radio stations and they broadcast the Bible being read 24-7 on repeat throughout nations where it's illegal to own a Bible. We support the Eastern European Mission which predominantly provides Bibles for nations in Eastern Europe. Uh, In 2020, you guys, you, um, bought 45,000 Bibles that went into the Russian school system. They are teaching them in Russian elementary schools, and that is because of you guys, 45,000 Bibles. We do work in Haiti, a young couple from this church. We're doing work in Cairo, Egypt, through a couple of guys at this church And first priority, doing a lot of good stuff throughout the world, and we hope to do more. Let's talk about this campus, though, for a second. And now I need to be very, very careful with this. Very, very rarely do I talk about how many people come to this church because I don't ever wanna come off as arrogant or prideful or any of that, but I think you need to know some of these numbers. All four of our campuses are rapidly growing, and that is a huge blessing. The problem with this campus is we are very limited in how much room we have and how much parking we have. Last weekend, we had almost 7,000 people between our four campuses. 5,500 of those were at this campus. There are only 1,600 seats in this room. And so if you do the math on that, it's getting very, very cramped. I think we have less than 500 parking spaces. That's why people are parking again at all these different places all around here. We're shuttling in, we're doing the best we can. So let me, let me be very honest with you. I do not sleep well at night. After last week, I, I really didn't sleep well this last week because my greatest fear, my greatest fear is that someone will not hear the gospel because there's not enough parking spaces or because maybe they come in here and they get overwhelmed because there's so many people. I do not want that to be the reason why people do not hear the gospel. Do I have a solution for it yet? I don't, you want me to be honest. This building is less than 100,000 square foot, which it seems big for this many people. Most churches this size have buildings 10 times this size. And so we have a limited amount of space, 10,000 square foot is occupied by the brewery. When we bought this building, uh, we, we absorbed their lease. They rent from us and they're, they're, fun, they're great tenants. It's fine, but they take up 10,000 square foot back there in the corner. So we have used every single square inch of this building virtually every single day of the week. This building is full to, to the brim. Uh, we just knocked out this wall. If you're new here, there used to be a beautiful chapel. That's where that brick wall is over there. Gone, right? So, But we had to expand this a little bit. We have added chairs. We used to have about 1,400 chairs. We added 200 more chairs. I don't know where else to put chairs unless you guys want to like sit up here with me while I'm teaching. Um, we, are, we are asking people. It's a little passive-aggressive. But, but we're encouraging people to maybe check out our Saturday at 7 o'clock service. It's probably the only service out of the four we do that still has some breathing room in it. We would love for you to come check that out if you want to do that. And we keep trying to fine-tune our parking system. Uh, You should have got one of these in your handout. This is basically our parking map. Now listen, though this is a very unconventional parking situation, the distance you walk is no different than if you went to World Outreach or New Vision. and, And I'm friends with those guys, so I'm not talking bad about them. But like, what I'm saying is like the distance is not any different. The difference is you might be parking in some warehouse down the street and walk through a couple of businesses to get to this place, but the distance is not any different. But we're working really, really hard to just make sure that it's as convenient and easy for you as is, is possible. So another thing is if you live in Cannon, Bedford, or Coffee County, check out one of those churches. Um, it feels just like this, they look like this. It's the same teaching and, and everything. And that'll help us a little bit here, open up more seats, and you're still going to an experienced community church, so you're still getting the Bible and the serving and everything else. We're also praying about, do we need to start a second campus in Rutherford County? I don't know who would pastor it, and I don't know how we would pay for it, but also don't know what else to do. So God and I have this fun game that we play. Uh, I don't know if he just likes seeing me stressed out or if that keeps me really close to him or what, but... He keeps giving us growth, and I'm so appreciative for it. I'm so appreciative for it. little side note, guys. Whenever people go, this guy sounds like it's all about numbers. I want more people to go to heaven and less people to go to hell. So in a roundabout way, numbers are pretty important. How we get the numbers is where it gets muddy. If we do it with integrity and people are coming into a relationship with Christ and we're doing it in a biblical, biblical manner, man, big churches are a great thing. If big churches are getting big because of shenanigans and bullcrap, that's not good. But that's not going to be us. So here's the thing. Please be patient with me. Be patient with this church. Again, I'm not trying to be goofy, but if it gets a little cramped in here, like, you might have to get to know some people. You, you know, like, you might have to be like, oh, man, you know, it's good that these people are in here hearing the gospel versus somewhere else on Sunday morning. Like, we've got to think a little bit beyond ourselves, Okay. So be patient with me with with what to do and be patient with us as we save up the resources to do it. And that brings up money, our finances. So again, if I'm gonna ask you to contribute to this place, I feel obligated to show you where every single dollar goes. I just wanna be transparent and clear with you. Last year, our four campuses combined brought in just under $9.9 million dollars. Now, what we do is we take what was brought in the previous year, and that becomes our budget for the following year. That is the most conservative way to build a budget. A lot of organizations and even churches, they'll say, well, we brought in 9.9, let's make our budget 12.5. And I'm like, that is foolish, that is foolish. So let's be conservative and build a budget off what we brought in last year. Now, here's where every dollar goes. 33% of that budget goes towards the salary and benefits of the people who work here. Now, the reason why I like to show that is, A, so you know that we're not getting rich off you guys. We have over 100 employees, 70 of those are full-time. So this is where all that money is, is, that's what is going to staff. Now, in most churches, the percentage is about 50 to 60% of the total budget goes towards paid staff and that is not including their benefits and their housing allowance. Ours is 20% less than the national average, and that includes all of our health benefits and all of our housing allowance. Our ministers and training program is is $278,000. That is their salary and benefits. That's the residential internship program. Now, again, I hope I don't embarrass them, Divide that by six, and you can see what their average is, salary and benefits. If you do that math, you, you can go work at Chick-fil-A and make more money than some of those people. And so, again, I'm not saying that to embarrass them or, or, or for us to cry the blues. I want you to know that we are not getting rich off your giving. Are there expenses? We pay the sheriff's department and the police department to be here almost every day of the week. We have an outside CPA that audits us because we want to make sure we're doing everything correct. We have a maintenance team. The ministry expenses, that's how much it costs to just do the things we do here, like children's, emerge, worship, all the different things that we do. Operating costs, those are basically utilities because you're in the most inefficient building in Rutherford County. The savings right here, let me explain this and why it's in yellow. Right now, our entire bank account is just over a million dollars. And Some people would say, a million dollars for a church this size? That is so little money, it's ridiculous. People think because we're a super big church that we just have, like I have piles of gold bullions in my office or something. That is not the case. One, I'm not a pirate. <laughs> B, <laughs> we just don't have that kind of money sitting around. So my goal for 2023, and I'm going to tell you why, is I want us to have an additional million dollars put into savings. Here's why, and I'm not trying to sound like a superhero or or whatever. All throughout the Bible, the church was to be a storehouse, which means if there was a famine in the land, people could come to the church and get what they need to survive. I don't know what's gonna happen in 2023, and I'm not trying to be doomsday whatever guy up here, but if the bottom falls out of the US economy, I want, I want to make sure that you can still pay your electric bill, that you can still feed your family, that you have your basic necessities taken care of. Amen. So if we can pull that and have that and not touch it, and, and you know, God, God willing, hopefully nothing bad will happen. But if it does, that the church can still be that storehouse and make sure that our people are taken care of. Amen. Now, the reason why we aren't just sitting on piles of cash is because we give it all away. We give away 30% of our entire budget. That's at the bottom. And so this coming year, we will give just under $3 million away. And then you guys, because you're an amazing congregation, whenever we do ministry highlights once a month, you guys last year gave an almost half million dollars out of your pocket to those. So you guys will give away this year, more than likely more than $3.5 million. And that is absolutely amazing. That's what we're supposed to do. So... We, we, we're not gonna do any repairs to this building unless we absolutely have to. These are what our other campuses cost. Now, of course, they bring in money as well. And, and here's a good thing, if you're new here, we have zero debt. We have never taken out a loan. We have never had a credit card at this church. We applied for a Lowe's card one time because we go there so much and we got denied. <laughs> that is true, that's a true story because we, we have no credit score at this church. So they, they said no. And I'm like, but, but we bring in like $9 million a year. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. All right, so we just took it as a sign from God never to get any line of credit whatsoever. So we, we just have never been in debt at this church. So the, the couple of things that we need to think of this year, we need to build some more parking. We don't have a lot of room to do that, but there is a little bit of green space over here and it's gonna be gone. So we're gonna do some more parking over here on the student center side. Um, we're gonna try to create more space. I do not know how. That's either a second campus or we buy some land back here that, quite frankly, is really overpriced, and we try to do something with that. There's not much around us that's even for sale. Uh, We need to plant more churches, and that takes a lot of money and time, and we're not gonna take out a loan, so we have to have that money either on the front end or we're going to rent. We're not going to go into debt and take out loans, so these are kind of financial hurdles for us. (laughs) Here's the other thing, last thing about finances. I don't know who gives at this church. I don't wanna know who gives at this church. The only time I check and see if an individual is giving at this church is if we are about to hire them or if they are about to be an elder at one of our campuses. And the reason why we check at that point is I'm not gonna let someone take a paycheck from you guys if they have never contributed to this. Make sense? I'm also not going to let someone be an elder and have some control over the overall vision of this church if they have never financially contributed to the vision of this church. Those are the only times I ever check if someone gives. If you believe tithing is biblical or not biblical, that's between you and God. I personally believe it is, but but that's between you and God. I will say this, though. It is impossible to read the New Testament and see that we're not to be generous with our finances for the sake of advancing the gospel and helping those in need. And so I just want you to prayerfully consider that, okay? So for 2023... Couple of things we wanna focus on. One, we wanna focus on prayer. We do a lot of prayer here, but I wanna do more of that. And that ties into the second point on here. So here at the end of the fast, we're gonna do a huge prayer night. I hope all of you come to that. We're gonna do a massive prayer night. We're gonna pray together for an hour, hour and a half, do different stuff, spend a lot of time praying in this building, okay? Um, we're going to try to get more people to, to pray during services. During our nine o'clock, we have a group of people that literally are behind this, this wall praying for you guys the entire time the service is going on. We want to train more people to pray at the end of service. Um, one of the other things we're doing, and it ties on to that first one, is we're only going to do two worship nights this year and not three. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, it costs us about sixty dollars to $65,000 to do one worship night. Our last worship night, we had about 8,000 people there, which is really, really awesome, but there's very few venues in town that even accommodate that many people. Uh, there's the big horse barn thing that we did at MTSU that one time, had six or 7,000 people at that, and then we did the last one at Hop Springs. And um, that's those about the only two places we can do it. It's extremely expensive. We still wanna do those things excellent. It's still a great time for us to come together and worship, but we can use that $65,000 to do other things to advance the gospel. I'm also gonna say this, and this is Kyle um, because he's a great leader. We are also very cautious. We do not want this just to become a rock show. We want it to be about serving the city, about Jesus, and so we just wanna be conscientious of that. Do things excellent, but do things God-honoring. Another big focus we wanna do this year is we're growing a lot. We've always grown a lot. We've always been a very rapidly growing church. Praise God, that's great. But what happens with a lot of churches when they get really, really big is the growth is less new believers and it's more just people coming because you're the, you're the cool church or maybe you've moved in from out of town, which is fine. You've moved in from out of town and people come because they need to find a church. If you're being honest in here, half of you are from Southern California in this room right now. But um, I'm just, if you really are, you kind of like shrug down in your seat, they're going to find out. You know, no, we're fine. We're glad you're here. But what we want to make sure of is that, is that we never lose our hunger to reach lost people. Amen. What that means is this. So we, we, we hope that, that whatever we grow this year, that half of all of our growth are new believers. And the way we can quantify that is yes. baptism. So if we grow by 1,000 people this year, which more than likely we will, that's pretty common for us, if we grow by 1,000 people, at least 500 of those, we should see baptisms. And if we're not seeing that, listen, our goal here is not just to shuffle the deck. I don't want to just pull people out of other churches. We want more people to go out to make friends with non believers, share the truth with them, invite them into the church family, and hopefully they will get saved and changed. We just don't want to lose that. We don't want to become a lazy, fat country club. Amen. We don't want to become that, okay? So, Corey, what are we doing here? It is this simple. In a time right now, listen, Christianity is tanking in the United States right now. Listen, we are are fighting two different fronts. We are fighting cultural Christianity, which means, hey, I just go to church once a week. I'm a Christian, I'm good. I can go live in sin the rest of the time and think that I'm saved. We're fighting against that because that's not biblical. We're fighting against that. We are also fighting against a culture right now where the largest demographic of people coming up are nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They don't believe in anything. And Christianity is tanking right now in the United States. We are swimming upstream right now. We are fighting a heavy current. So we need to make sure that we are serving our city. We're helping other believers serve their city. That we're seeing more people come to know Christ and that you and I in this room, if we are already believers, that we are growing deeper and deeper in our faith. I'm gonna say this with all the sincerity and honesty, that I can possibly muster. I have no desire to make the experience community famous. I have no desire to be famous myself. Absolutely no, no one who works at this church. And listen, I'm not trying to be funny here or, or be mean. If you get on our website, you're not gonna see like a, a picture of me and my kids airbrushed and my wife like out in the field, like a note from our pastor and you know a leg on a rock. You're not gonna see that crap. Be, you're laughing because you guys have seen a lot of that stuff. That's not who I am. That's not who we're going to be. If there's ever a CorrieTrimble.com, you have all my permission to punch me in the back of the head because this whole rock star famous church and pastor thing is not working. It is not working. And it's not God honoring. It's people honoring. And so we do not want to be that. Our desire is to make Jesus famous. Mike Lee says we're the biggest church in America that no one knows about. And it's probably true. And that's fine with us. I can honestly say we just want to see the lost saved and we want to see the saved get deeper in their relationship with Jesus. That's all we want. So what now? Be here. Be here. Just come to church. Even if you have messed up, even if you're not feeling like it, be here, bring your family, bring anyone that will come with you, be here. Be praying, be listening to God. We're in a fast right now. During this time where you're not eating lunch or you're you're abstaining from social media, don't just like do something else. Read your Bible, listen to God. Take this time, obey what the word is telling you. Get into that discipleship process. If you've only been to weekend services, come to a next class. If you've only been to next, get involved in, in, in following Jesus. Move your way through that process. I give you my word. Not only will you grow as a Christian, you will meet awesome people. Yes. And you won't be alone and you will grow in this community. You will like it. I, I, I promise you. Please be patient with me as well. Please be patient. I have never pastored a 7,000-person church before. Never done this. And, and so please be patient with me. Please be patient with, with this church and our limited resources. We're doing the best we can. Just, just please just work with us on that. Listen, if we're going to see our city change, we've got to be praying for our city. Not only praying for our city, We again, we need to not only be at church we need to be present when we're here. Listen, don't wait till you get to church to pray that week. Pray throughout that week. And then when you get here, you can be expectant that God is gonna do something. Be, be, be excited about this. Find community. Don't do this alone. Pray about giving. It will not affect my income, my personal income, one dime. But if we all commit to giving, man, Listen, I I didn't bring this up during this. Statistically, about 35% of our church gives on a regular basis, which is about four times the national average. That's still only 35%. We do all the things we did today with 35% of you guys giving. Imagine if all of us gave. I mean, we could do amazing things. We, we We could, and I won't harp on that, but please prayerfully consider that, and then jump in and serve. Let me tell you something interesting. I had a, a, a wonderful woman in my office the other day talking with me. She wants to volunteer some time. She has her master's degree in psychology. She was a, a, a psychiatrist and a psychologist, had her own practice, and we were just kind of talking, and she, she, we were talking about depression because I used to struggle really bad with depression. And she goes, Corey, you know what the most, the most effective antidepressant that our, it was a secular office, that our secular office used, the most effective antidepressant? And I'm like, no. And she goes, if we can get people serving on a consistent basis, other people, if we can get them into a soup kitchen, serving the homeless, or at the Salvation Army, if we can get them serving in a house of worship, this is a secular psychologist. If we can get them serving in some way, she goes, nine out of 10 times, their depression will be alleviated. Isn't that fascinating? So what's interesting is this, if we will do the process and Jesus said, I came to serve. And so that doesn't mean that some people won't have to take medication or do other means, but, but if 90% of the time, just doing the process helps you, that's, that's fantastic. Get involved and serve. The bottom line is this, if we are going to see lives changed, there is no gimmick. There is no celebrity that I can bring up here that's instantly going to change your life. There's no politician, there's no famous band, there's no amount of you know bunnies jumping out of helicopters at Easter, they're gonna save society. Our only hope for change is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we must be dedicated to God and the teachings of God. There is no silver bullet. There is no instantaneous trick. Get into a relationship with Jesus be consistent with that relationship with Jesus in a local church, and things change in a positive manner. So the world is nuts. If you have not noticed, the world is unstable. We live in a time of immense instability, but you are offered stability in Jesus. And the church is the bride of Christ. And this is where we grow with each other, So this year in 2023, we have to be humble. We have to be diligent. We have to be focused. This is a big one. We have to be selfless in a society that is all about consumption and selfishness. We must be selfless people, hungry for the things of God, expectant of the things of God. And listen, this is the last thing I'm going to say to you and I'm done. I don't want you to forget You are the hands and feet of God. You are the ambassadors of Christ on earth. So if the world is going to see God, listen to me, they're going to see God through you. If your children's lives are going to be changed, if marriages are going to be restored, if neighborhoods are going to change, if your coworker is going to be saved and changed, listen, you are the instrument You are the catalyst. You're not the one that saves them, but you are the one that introduces them to the one that saves them. Listen, we cannot lose that hunger. We cannot lose that desire to want to go out into a world regardless of how nuts it is. And listen, the darker it gets out there, the brighter the light that is in us should be shining. We cannot forget that. We cannot grow complacent. We cannot grow apathetic, we cannot grow lazy. There are too many people who are suffering out there and will suffer for eternity if they are not introduced to Jesus Christ. And that is our job. That's your job. It's our job, okay? Would you bow your heads with me, please? Just like I said earlier, If you are in this room and you are maybe not a believer or maybe you're a new believer, but you just got questions. Up here on my right, your left, Pastor Carl is up here. Carl works with our life groups. If you have any questions for Carl, he he would love to talk with you. He's right up here on my right, your left, okay? We have men and women on both sides of the stage. If you need prayer for absolutely anything, it does not matter what it is, please let someone pray with you. If you're interested in getting involved in our prayer team, come up here and talk to one of them. Also, all the way around this room, wherever you see a lamp on a table, and if you're sitting in the middle, there's some disposable communion on these posts, but all around the room, we have bread and wine that represents the body and blood of Jesus. We take that in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Everyone is welcome to take that if you have asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. When we take communion, it reminds us that Jesus has never given up on us, that he pursued us, that he loves us, that he goes to amazing lengths to save us. And as the ambassadors of Jesus on earth, this is what we are to do for others around us, to pursue them, to love them, to introduce them to the one that saved us. I wanna pray for you. Father God, we love you. Lord, I love this church so much. God, for all the men and women in this room, Lord, as we go back out to our... our, sometimes very busy, very distracting, um, sometimes very, very pessimistic atmospheres and jobs and stressful lives that we live, I pray, God, that we will cling on to you. I pray, Lord, that we not only grow in our faith, but I pray that we take that faith out and that we love people and that we introduce people to you, that we serve our city, that we are generous people and gracious people and forgiving people, God. Lord, keep your hand on us, Lord, as we do our best to advance your gospel. Have grace with us, Lord, as as we know we're going to make mistakes. But God, Lord, just please keep leading us and give us the strength to keep following. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. Pray all these things in your son's name, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys so much. Love you guys. You're welcome to help yourself.